ESPN Radio. Peter Burns, Katie George here on this Friday. The show always presented by Progressive Insurance. You can give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Big news breaking today. College football playoff expansion is dead. It is officially done uh, as the college football playoff committee said, listen, uh, nobody could agree unanimously on this. There was a vote last month. The ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 decided they did not want to go with the uh, expansion proposals. So now we wait until 2026. Major League Baseball has already come out today and said, listen, spring training games are postponed at least until March 5th, and there's not appear to be any light in the tunnel. How about good news? We still got basketball. We got All-Star Game weekend, although we almost didn't have P.J. Carlissimo, our next guest. P.J., I, I teased it about how dangerous it was late last night. You were supposed to fly into Cleveland. That didn't happen. And and you you almost got like how crazy was it on the ride over, my friend? Yeah, Peter, it was uh, really crazy. To be honest with you, I thought I was making a smart move getting there last night. When I when I left Columbus, it wasn't that bad. And then about forty five minutes in, it was unbelievable. It was coming down hard, half half rain, half sleet. I don't know what it was, but trucks were going by me. I was I was too scared to stop, so I just kept going, and I was. Uh, extremely happy i kissed my windshield wipers when i got to cleveland i don't know how they uh kept moving it was like a, a wave would hit you anytime you'd go by a truck or a truck <laughs> went by you but uh we got here and it's uh it's all good uh the city's excited for the games it's uh it's typical cleveland weather but uh we're playing indoors so no complaints PJ, we are uh, glad you made it there safe and sound, even though it sounds that it was uh, uh, pretty dicey to get there. Who are you looking forward to seeing the most this weekend? Well, I want to see, Katie, I want to see the the Cleveland players mostly. It's always good, you know, when people get to play in front of their their own crowd. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, you know, so they're going to they're going to let them know that. So I, I think that that alone will be interesting. Evan Mobley, I'm dying to see. Uh, Darius Garland is having such a great year. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Isaac Okoro is also going to play tonight. They're playing for uh, Team Rick Barry in that. So I want to see those guys play. There's some rookies that I haven't seen that much. You you know, the games we've uh, we've done, we've done, you know, only so many players. I've seen some of them uh, on tape an awful lot getting ready for a particular game, but I haven't seen him in person, so I'm anxious to see that. And then the other thing is their roles are so different. You know, for these rookies and the second-year guys, I guess we call them the rising stars now, uh, their roles are completely different tonight. And, the, and they changed the format, which is interesting. Uh, you know, instead of just having the, the two teams in one game, we have a little bit of a tournament. We've got the four legends coaching, uh, James Worthy, Isaiah Thomas, Rick Barry, and Gary Payton. And they have seven-man rosters. Um, rookies and second-year guys and four players from the, the G League Ignite. And they are going to be two games. They'll play to 50. And then the two winners will play, uh, tack on another 25 to get to 75. Uh, so, it, you know, I, I think it's an interesting format. Um, and it gives guys a chance to do some things they can't do in the regular season. Some of these guys don't even, you know, don't get significant playing time, but they've established themselves as good players already. And then you always wonder, you know, it's kind of an eternal debate in the league. Are you better off going to a good team, even though you don't get to play a lot, but you might get a taste of the, of the playoffs themselves and things like that? Or would you rather go to a team that's, you know, really not competitive, you know, near the bottom, but you're getting quality minutes and you get a chance to play night in and night out. Unfortunately, 
you get a chance to play against sometimes the best players on these other teams. The difference between starters minutes and the guys coming off the bench and who you're playing against are really significant. So some of these players are going to be licking their chops to play against other young guys for a change. I think they've seen enough of the veterans in the regular season. Remember, it starts tonight, Clorox uh, Rising Stars radio coverage presented by Indeed, 9 p.m. Eastern. You're going to be on the call uh, of that game uh, as well as on most ESPN radio stations. And, PJ, you know, it felt like, you know, years ago, and I go back years, I'm 42 years old, but, you know, I, I felt like All-Star Weekend kind of lost its, its juice a little bit. It feels like it's gathered up a little bit more, but how much of this now almost is a – hey, a, a planning session for how we could put together super teams <laughs> down the road. It almost feels like that's, that it's different now than it was in late 80s, early 90s. Well, it, it's different. There's no question about that. And you've got the, you know, the biggest difference to me, even the time I've been in the league, I've, since 94 is when, when I came in. And the players just have a lot more to say now about where they're going to go, uh, what they want to do. I mean, you so many of these, trades are player driven uh and you know not just the ones we talk about not just a a james harden ben simmons deal but there's just a lot of players and agents saying what they feel saying they don't want to be here anymore or guys as you're talking about going to super teams and ironically we're we're here in cleveland where that kind of all started years ago with uh when brian went down to to miami so we're seeing a lot of that i think the, the the players have so much more to say than they did uh, years and years ago. And the league is also so much younger, Peter. I mean, it's night yeah. and day um, how many young players there are in the league now. A lot of them are not ready when they come out, but teams are afraid to let somebody else, you know, take a guy and then the guy, you know, matures. And over the course of a couple of years, he turns out to be a really good player. It's another one of those debates. What's the best thing? Do you go to college? Do you play internationally? Do you play for the G League Ignite? Uh, and, and again, the league has become such a young league We've got so many more players who probably aren't ready. Uh, you know, everybody points to the ones who come in and thrive and say, well, look, this guy was ready. There's a whole lot of other guys that aren't ready. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 it's interesting, but it just makes for a, a very, very different league and a very, very different all-star weekend. I think you got a lot more young players here. Uh, this, the Rising Stars game, the, the, even the skills competition on, on Saturday, uh, it's driven by so many younger players. And they enjoy it. I think they're looking forward to it. Uh, it's always interesting to me to see the young guys. I was lucky enough to coach in the game once and when I was an assistant to Pop and coached in, the, in those days. It was the rookie sophomore game. And the sophomores we played against, I was coaching the rookie team. It was, it was LeBron, Carmelo, and those guys. It was unbelievable uh, to, to go against them. But I love watching the young guys like, a, uh, you know, Darius tonight or, or – uh, Lamella, when they walk in the locker room, when you look around that locker room and you see the jerseys of the guys that you're playing with, it, it kind of hits you. Everybody likes to act like, you know, I've been here before. It's not that big a deal. I play against these guys. You walk in the locker room and you see those 12 jerseys and, and some of those players, how many all-star games they've played in, uh, it really sinks in. And it, it's interesting. Uh, I think they appreciate it an awful lot more when, when they come here and get a chance to experience it. PJ, I've got more of a, a big-picture question for you. Yesterday, the Lakers announced that Anthony Davis will be a, out at least four weeks with the, the midfoot sprain. You know, What is the Lakers' outlook for the remainder of this regular season look like? Grim, very, very grim, uh, mm -hmm. primarily because of injuries. Um, and I'm not sure some of the moves, if they had it to do over again, they'd, they'd do the same thing. When you, 
when you load up with veteran players, which they did, um, you're dancing with injuries, and particularly um, AD, as great a player as he is, he's been injured an awful lot. And that's kind of been the theme for the Lakers all year. Frank Vogel has not had a chance to have most of this roster together. Uh, you know, a lot of people are being critical of, of picking up, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook. I, I'm not so sure uh, they do it again, but I'm not so sure it's as bad a move as they think. Uh, when these guys never got a chance to play together or got so little chance to play together, the same thing's going on in Brooklyn. You know, it's yeah. not just Kyrie not being able to play the home games. KD's missing games again. James Harden's banged up right now. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of the theme of what's going on in the league with, with the injured players. With, with, you know, every time we do a game, you look at the stats and you almost are tempted to throw the stats out the window because you don't know when, when they play, when Team X played Team Y, which guys were playing that night. Uh, you know, we're all kind of looking forward to that, that final run toward the end. And I, I think, frankly, the, the playing games uh, have, have really increased the interest. There's so many more teams that have a chance to get into the playoffs, even if it's that, you know, two-game shootout where you got seven, eight, nine, and ten. So it, it, it's, it's a different situation. I just can't see L.A. coming together. I, I really can't. I just think they've dealt with too many injuries. If they ever had those guys healthy and a chance for them to play together enough, um, the, the other thing, Katie, that I think a lot of people don't think about, um, yeah, they're saying, well, when they get together, all they got to do is then the playoffs are going to be fine. Those, the West is so top-heavy. Mm-hmm. Their matchup's going to be a matchup like they had to deal with last year. You remember them playing against Phoenix? And, yeah, yeah oh, injuries yeah. were a factor. But if these teams that get in, 7, 8, 9, 10, it's no bargain because the one and two that are at the top of both of these conferences – are so good, it's going to make it so difficult for, you know, teams like in the past, you kind of say, well, you know, they'll get through that first round and then, you know, they'll be a little better, they're ready to go. Getting through that first round is going to be a bear, particularly in the West, because those two teams on top, and I'm not even putting Memphis in right now, but I'm saying uh, when you look at Phoenix and Golden State, what they've done and the fact they've got veteran guys that have been there before, and now I say Phoenix are veterans, they're led by CP, and they got to the finals last year, so um, it's going to be hard for a team like the Lakers, I think, to advance uh, unless they get healthy real quick. Doesn't sound like AD's going to, and unless they get a chance to play some games together. Well, uh, you know, and PJ, the fact that we went through this, you know, ten-minute interview, and we talked about maybe thirteen different players and about eight different contenders, that means the league is in a pretty damn healthy spot. <laughs> if that's the league's in good shape. Uh, Very good shape, Peter. I agree with you. Yeah, with the young stars that they have out there. My man, let's hopefully for no more snowstorms, you can catch all your flights. I appreciate it. You're going to be on the call tonight. Enjoy the hell out of uh, Cleveland. We'll holler at you the rest of the year, right? Thanks, PJ. Testy and I will have a good time. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Peter. There it is. PJ Carlissimo, the legend. Uh, I remember watching PJ when I was co- uh, coaching, when I was watching Greg Popovich coach down in San Antonio. Just just kind of a legend. You, you kind of see you know what – you know, osmosis and all that information. And I think that's just the people watching an all-star weekend are, is incredible. Katie, have you been, have you been a part of an all-star weekend? Did they, Oh yeah. I'm trying to think. When I you went over in, the in the, uh, 2019 season, 2018, yeah. 2019 season when, uh, Giannis and Chris Middleton were down there. Oh, it is. It's, it's fun. It, it, uh, that's the way I'll put it. I, I will say this though. The only thing ever, and I'm never going to – I'll refuse to do it. It's a banned topic on our show is ever have the debate about Michael Jordan versus LeBron. The only time I'll ever bring it up is the fact that it still pains me and I never got a chance to see LeBron do the slam dunk contest. Like, ever. 
Like, I know it's not a big deal or whatever, but there was just something about, like, watching the, the stars of the stars do it. And yet, once again, we will not have it. We'll never have it from uh, LeBron James. Peter Burns, Katie George. All right, coming up, uh, Major League Baseball, an update of what's going on with that and more of these comments coming out of uh, what really went down about this vote of a college football playoff expansion. We'll discuss that next here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Peter Burns, Katie George on ESPN Radio. Follow us on Twitter, Katie underscore George 05 at Peter Burns ESPN. Don't spoil it for me, Katie, but is today's Wordle, I haven't done it yet. Is it easy? Is it hard? Is it tricky? How many guesses did you get? It It took me three guesses. Oh, dang. Is that the, you haven't gotten it in one or two, right? No, I've gotten it in two multiple times. I've never really? gotten it in one. Golly, unbelievable. All right, well. Do you makes... start with the same word every time, or do you mix it up? Or I try to mix it up because I feel like if you start with the same word, it just gets like, then you're just trying to game the system. I'm like, let's just try to have a little bit of fun with it. And then if I start getting frustrated, then mm-hmm. maybe I'll just switch it up at this point. But no, I mean, at this point. So streak is at least alive for you? Yes? No? Oh, yeah, no? it's alive. Okay. Okay, good. Same here. All right, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I want to throw it to you, um, out listeners right now, to hear what you have to say about this. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. But, Katie, this number right now, and Shannon, I want you to be in charge of this when you guys are screening calls back there in, in the control room. I don't want to hear from an SEC fan. I don't want to hear from, a, from a, a Big 12 fan. I don't want to hear from a group of five fan. I want to hear from someone right now from one of these three conferences. So you're up to bat. If you're an ACC fan, you're a Pac-12 fan, or you're a Big 10 fan, I want you to give us a call right now because I want to hear what you think about those three conferences being the reason why the college football playoff is not expanding early. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Because, you know, Mark Keenum came out. He's part of this whole situation. And said, listen, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were the two most vocal for expansion when this process started almost three years ago. They have issues that are unresolved, so they're going to vote to not approve the plan. Now, those are the three conferences that said, I'm out. Like, we, we don't want to be a part of this right now. And that, to me, that's, that's shocking. Shocking, Katie. Well, we're further finding out the points of contention that the group of 11 individuals in the room, the 10 FBS commissioners and Jack Swarbrick of mm-hmm. Notre Dame, couldn't agree on, the three being those three conferences you just mentioned, the Rose Bowl, the additional games that would be added, and then the expansion format. Those were the three sticking points that the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten couldn't agree with the remaining eight individuals in the room. And therefore, now we're going to have to table this for, I don't know, what? They're going to reconvene maybe in 2023 because they're going to have to have a plan Correct. when the TV negotiations come up, whether that's obviously with ESPN and others. They have to have a plan in place to pitch to the TV uh, entities moving forward. So, Maybe the 12, 16 months, they'll they'll take a step away and then they'll reconvene. But I don't know what's going to change. I just feel like this was such a waste of time, Pete. Uh, to your point, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were all for expansion years ago. And then when Greg Sankey, Bowlesby, Swarbrick, and the I believe it was the Mountain, Mountain West, West commissioner. commissioner who's escaping my, my, my mind right now, 
they got in a room and created this proposal because they were asked to do so. Hey, work on this side project. Come back to us when you feel like you've got a good plan in place. We thought this was a done deal and that we would see an expanded playoffs, and here we are. And I, look, I am all for expansion. The more games, the better. I, I appreciate I'm not the one playing it, right? So it's easy for me to say. I will intake right. as me. much college football, as much NFL football as you will give me. And I know the players might feel a little bit differently because they're the ones, and the coaches as well, because they're the ones actually going out and, and doing the work. But, I, you know, we're going to stay at this four-team scenario. I, I don't think the four-team scenario is broken because we can't even get a viable competitive semifinal matchup at times. So I, I, I don't I, think – I don't think – hold on. I don't think the purity of the sport is in question right now. I still think you get the best college football team crowned each year in the national title game. But from an entertainment standpoint and allowing more teams to continue to fight for a national title and be a part of the equation at the end of the season, I would like to see that. That that is therein lies the issue. Right. And I I think you're you're right. Does this change which teams are going to win it? Probably not. You're probably still going to have that the Uber teams, right? These one percent teams that win it. The problem is the reason why these Uber 1% teams are the ones that are the only ones that really are in this kind of country club is because if you're a contender, if you're a four-star, you're a five-star guy, pretty much you want to go to one of those teams, right? You already mm-hmm. have kind of like the green light. You're already on the guest list, the VIP list, the bottle service of the college football playoff <laughs> committee to be like, all right, yeah, you, you're in, right? You're not outside of Studio 54 waving your hands going, hey, hey, me, get, get to me. And now these conferences came out like the Big Ten and the Pac-12 said, hey, guys, this is, we need to relook at this, right? Your bouncer is not letting enough people in. Like, we want to be inside the club. We want to do it. And now when they're saying, all right, we're going to allow you in, like we're going to expand the college football playoff, we're going to do it just for you, they're like, well, I mean, I didn't like the way you did it, okay? And, and really what it comes down to, too, Katie, is that the Pac-12 came out, right, George Klyakov, the, the Pac-12 commissioner, who I think is pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Remember, as soon as this, the, they, quote, kind of shut down college football expansion, he did a very sly PR move. He sent out a press release that said, the Pac-12 is willing to do this, 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 and this. We're willing to play this format. We don't care. We just want a conference expansion. The difference is he didn't tell you that they weren't willing to do any of it unless it was protecting the Rose Bowl. And that is shocking to me that a commissioner says, you know what, I'm going to cost myself. And they'll make no mistake, they will cost themselves college football playoff bursts, okay, by making this decision all to protect the Rose Bowl and what time their parade starts. Shocking to me. Your thoughts coming up, 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Remember, ESPN Radio, always presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. ESPN Radio. Ain't no love in the heart of the city and ain't no love for the ACC, the Big Ten, or the Pac-12. It came out earlier today that they were the three conferences that decided to vote against college football playoff expansion. And we're talking about it now here on ESPN Radio. Peter Burns and Katie George, the number is 888-SAY-ESPN. Again, the news at college football playoff to remain four teams until the 12-year contract expires in, after the 2025 season. So I asked all of you, I wanted phone calls to talk about this, but the only people I want to hear right now are from a Pac-12 
school, right? A Big Ten, an ACC, one of the quote-unquote alliance schools or areas when you hear this decision, and what did you think of it? Lucas is in Iowa. Thanks for joining Peter Burns and Katie George on ESPN Radio. What's up, Lucas? Hey, not much, man. I appreciate it. Um, I think Katie touched on a good point when she was talking about the recruits. You know, um, if you expand this, you can definitely get better recruits to some of the teams that are on the cusp, like a Cincinnati. But I think it really comes down to money for the Big Ten um, or even the ACC. I mean, those guys are worried about losing money, moving those bowl games around, potentially losing out on, you know, millions of dollars. Um, instead of actually trying to get some more conference recognition by getting a championship. I mean, I think they're probably scared of competition, too, because they keep getting blown out in semifinals. <laughs> um, so I just I don't see them. I don't see them really. They probably push for it and then pump the brakes because they're like, oh, wait, you know, our card's getting pulled now. Uh, we might lose money and not be able to show up to the competition because, for example, I think Cincinnati could have probably took down Michigan. And if a Big Ten team gets beat by a smaller conference team like that, it really kind of looks bad. Lucas, thanks for you for the phone call. It's interesting that these three conferences left for all of college football somewhere just short of a half a billion dollars on the table for these two years. Katie, how much are you buying that as far as teams didn't think that they were competitive enough or they were worried about their bowl system? Are you buying that that's one of the reasons why? Uh, I would I would hope that the reasons why is they want to fix other issues before – they dive into expanding and that just being one other thing. I don't know if that's just, um, you know, what is you the smoke and mirrors? You, you, smoke and mirrors, right? Is, is that what? Right, it's that's just the an ACC. Excuse. The ACC says we're worried. Uh, Jim Phillips says the new commissioner, we're worried about name, image, and likeness. We're worried about the transfer portal. Well, let me tell you something. If you're worried about the transfer portal, all of a sudden, you just basically said for two more years, we're going to have 16 less teams, right? We're going to have, it would have been a four-team playoff. We could have gone to 12, so that's eight teams, right, that we could have added in 2025. I guarantee you the ACC would have had one, two, multiple teams. Same Possibly. thing in 2026, right? So there's 16 teams that no longer will get that opportunity. Well, guess what? You know where you may transfer? To a place where you are involved in the college football playoff discussion every single year. Well, you know, and something that Lucas brought up, you know, maybe they're worried about losing money from bowl games that they go to. You got to think, though, if you're getting one or two multiple teams in to a 12-team college football playoff, wouldn't you think that you're bringing in a lot more revenue that's being then dispersed after the season to your conference if you're playing in a CFP? And It's $20 you know, million dollars guaranteed. $20 million guaranteed. a year and, guaranteed and, and so that, that goes to, to me, each of these conferences. That, to me, is a bit head-scratching because you're opening the door for more opportunity, more teams from your conference to be able to play for a national title. And then, obviously, the the consequences and the results of actually winning a national title is unbelievable for your whole top-to-bottom conference and for the ACC who just missed out on this year's CFP. I mean, that was the first year that they hadn't seen Clemson in quite some time, right? Clemson's obviously been holding their head above water, holding everybody afloat right now. But I just I find it hard to believe that there was so much traction, so much push for the expansion when it first came out. And then these three band together and said, no, 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 this this isn't what's the best for college football. The, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 were the ones asking for expansion. They three asked years for ago. the meal. They were hungry. You brought them the meal, and they're like, well, I mean, but the asparagus is here. Or I don't really like the way that this is steak is cooked. Incredible to me. Brian is in State College. Thanks for joining us here on ESPN Radio. What's up, Brian? 
Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, big Penn State fan here, and and I was kind of thinking along the same lines as what you guys were just talking about. I, I feel like the Big Ten, maybe more than any other conference, would benefit from conference expansion. Uh, the, the way they're set up is kind of, you know, it's either going to be Ohio State or Michigan or, or, you know, pretty much one of those two teams every year. But with expansion, I, I think it gives them an opportunity to get, you know, two teams pretty much every year. Uh, you know, what do you guys think about that? I mean, at that point, actually, we've go, I've gone through the numbers before. Mm-hmm. Like even last year, if I'm not mistaken, the Big Ten would have gotten at least three teams in. And if you go back into history of the amount of teams like the Penn States of the world, the Michigan States that have a great season, Wisconsin when they go, like that's why I never understood this, the, the Big Ten creating this alliance with them, right? What, what a mismanagement especially, that was, I, I felt, like by Kevin Warren, because you had all the power, you had all the money. Why did you need the ACC and the Pac-12, kind of the also-rans when it comes to college football outside of Clemson? Why did you want to be a part of something like this? Yeah, and it, it's, it's curious because, you know, the Big Ten, their media rights is expiring in 2023, right? So they're going to obviously shop around or extend with their current contract. I wonder if they view that with their TV deal being a holdup or them saying, you know, maybe the three of these conferences saying, well, we don't want it just to be a monopoly if we expand to 12 teams and there's even more playoff games. And maybe I'm curious if that's part of it. Like how much does the TV deals play a part in the holdup and decision to not move forward with the expansion? I wouldn't be surprised if a if a network said, "Hey, we're trying to do a deal with the Big Ten, or we're trying to do a deal with some of these alliance commission, or you know, commissioners in, in conferences." And they said, "Listen, hey, pump the brakes on this thing. Let's bring it out to bid in 2026, yeah. and we'll take care of you on your next conference deal that they had." That would not shock me. But here's the deal: like, this is not to say too that it, it never even got to the point about negotiating the television deal, right? You yeah, had but, to but, come but, but, together if, with a if, format of what it was going to look like before you even talked about television. If you ex- they weren't even willing to, to, to get it to that point. If you expand and there's 12 teams, the Big Ten has multiple players that can go, right? I mean, they, they've got multiple programs. That right would off be, the bat. Right, off, right the bat. off the bat. So then couldn't you turn around when you're negotiating for your new Big Ten TV contract and say, you know, we've, we've got – four or five potential contenders every single year. you got to pony mm-hmm. up even more money if you're going to be broadcasting one of the best football conferences in the country. Like, couldn't they turn around and work it that way? I feel like that's advantageous for the Big Ten. It would think, but this also comes from a conference that decided at one point, remember the Big Ten during the COVID shutdown, well, the, yeah, where they, they me. met with everybody on a conference call going, guys, let's all we're all going to work together here. Let's all work together and then as soon as they hang up, they tell everybody, oh, we're shutting down the season, and the Pac-12 is coming with me. Again, it, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. Mike and Phoenix, talk to me. What do you got? The Rose Bowl itself is $35 million a year payout. There's, so mm-hmm. the Pac-12 is going to lose $15 million a year right there. You don't think they could get more than one team in? I mean, if you can get more than one team in, great. Historically, but let's look at the numbers. And yeah. again, that, that goes to show you, Mike, and, and I'm glad you brought that up and that you bring that number, why that the Pac-12, I mean, find holds yourself. Holds on to the Rose Bowl, clinches, hold on. Because of how, how far behind financially the Pac-12 is of every other conference in the Power True. Five right now. It's a guarantee. Okay? It's because they can't afford to not have that money. Well, guess what? 
you can't afford to not be in the college football playoff committee or else your conference is no longer relevant. More of your phone calls, more of your thoughts on this. Hit us up on Twitter at Katie underscore George 05. Myself at Peter Burns ESPN. This is ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. No clapping if you're a college football playoff uh, expansion fan. That is not happening. Uh, College football playoff to remain at four teams under that 12-year contract expiring after 2025. Peter Burns, Katie George, we've been talking about it today here on ESPN Radio. Also, Major League Baseball announcing today spring training games postponed to at least March the 5th. Still very little movement as far as their lockout. Ken in North Carolina, thanks for joining Peter Burns and Katie George. What's happening, Ken? Thanks for taking the call. Listen, um, the ACC has a new commissioner. He, he only started in 2021. He's got unanimous coaches unanimously telling him they don't want the expansion. I don't think he has enough clout right now to make that kind of deal uh, within the conference. I think he needs a couple years. I think what he's doing is actually a great decision uh, for him and the ACC at this point based on the fact that uh, Shanky, or Sankey and uh, Swarbrick decided to have a little – cloakroom meeting prior to everybody else getting involved and i think it shows that he's willing to stand up to those guys uh the acc's also got notre dame and basketball in the league so why not try to use this time to broker a deal to bring them into the fold for football and try to you know use the fact that we can stop this anytime we want to uh if you want us to do it um why not come on and join the league like you did in basketball well, Ken, thank you a, for couple, the phone call. A, a couple things, Ken. You know, I feel like when Notre Dame joined the ACC in football for the one COVID year, it was benefiting both entities mutually. Correct. That would have been the time after that season when the Notre, Notre Dame played in an ACC conference championship down in Charlotte against Clemson that they then would have joined. Notre Dame has made it very clear that they do not want to join the ACC in terms of football. They want to remain independent for their own TV deals. They feel like it's beneficial for them to remain as is. Now, in terms of Greg Sankey and Bowlesby, they were actually put on a committee and they were supposed to meet and create a plan that was then going to be presented to all 10 commissioners and Jack Swarbrick that then would be presented to the CFP committee and they would sign off to our and put into effect. Now, I, I do agree with you in the instance that Jim Phillips is trying to build relationships and trust with his current coaches in his league. And having read different quotes and statements from guys like Dave Clawson at Wake Forest, Pat Narduzzi at at Pitt, you've got Mac Brown at North Carolina, they all do say, you know, they're not for expansion. And having Jim Phillips essentially be the bad guy in the media, right? Because, I mean, Pete, you've done it throughout the show. It's the ACC, it's the Big 12, it's the Pac-12 who stopped this dead in its tracks. You know, he's the guy falling on the sword right now, but he's also doing the bidding of what his conference coaches want. And they did not want expansion. Apparently, some of them that polled their players did not want expansion either. So he's the mouthpiece and the face of the conference right now. And Pat Narduzzi was one who said last week, We appreciate him having our back. That is so paramount as they build their new relationship together with him being so new into the infancy of his career as the ACC commissioner. So therein lies the question that we're at, right? And that's how we're in this situation right now as a stalemate. And it's very not not much different than what's happening in Major League Baseball right now. You have decision makers that are making the decision what's best for them rather than what's best for the game. Right? I mean – for now, you say, what helps me? Okay? Like, 
and, and I hear, and, and he's not wrong. The caller was from North Carolina was talking about, oh, it's Greg Sankey and this. And, and what I mean by that is there's a perception here that Greg Sankey came up with this whole solution, and this is what – you know the reason why he did it was like you brought up. He was asked to put this together. Mm-hmm. Because, frankly, this wasn't the best deal for the, for the SEC, right? The SEC is the only team right now that's had – or only conference that, that's continued to win underneath this four-team playoff, right? Twice – including this year they had an all-SEC national championship game. If he wanted to, he could have said, well, there's just no really good rules. There's no good, you know, I don't think expansion is here. But he was trying to do this on behalf of the betterment of the game. And, and yet you do not have that by all parties because they're all looking out after each other, and it had to be a unanimous decision, and it clearly is not. And just today, in getting Greg Sankey's reaction to it not moving forward, he said, I think people in the long term operated against their broader self-interest. That's always an odd circumstance, and it's frustrating. The thing that got in the way were things that were important to people. Sometimes it's hard to figure out the balance between those things and the larger benefits. Everybody has their own view. But he said, which I found really fascinating, I think we were probably 30 to 45 days past when the real deadline was. So they, they were close. They just weren't there in terms of when the deadline needed to be met. And, and that's unfortunate. Had maybe they had an additional 30 days or 45, we'd be having a very different conversation and we'd be excited for more college football in terms of the playoffs. But unfortunately, we just didn't get there. We don't have it next year. Um, although, however, had they agreed to something soon enough, we probably could have had a college football playoff expansion as quick as next year. But it's going to be fascinating to see in the 2024 season, in the 2025 season, what conferences and what teams got left out. What we will never know is how many players decided, man, I'm only going to play for the next two or three years in college. It doesn't look like with a college football playoff expanding that this team, I don't have time to rebuild. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. I want to be a part of a team that can compete for a national title right now. I'll just go play for Georgia. I'll just go play for this team, that team. That's a contender. We'll see. Um, hopefully Major League Baseball also gets it worked out as well, too. I don't have any uh, – As well as the PGA on. Tour and the yeah, SGL. Just, There's yeah. just a lot hey, going on. It's been fun. You can follow her on Twitter, Katie underscore George 05, myself at Peter Burns ESPN. Spain and Fitz are coming up. And if you like what you heard today, you can listen to us uh, every Sunday morning starting at 7 a.m. Eastern for Best Week Ever. Peter Burns, Katie George, ESPN Radio.